When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, February 26th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, you're on the clock. Uh, 24 hours, you'll be in uh, sunny Phoenix and, and heading towards Indian uh, spring training uh, to, to watch the guys as they get ready for their first uh, Cactus League game on Sunday. Uh, we're really camp so far has, has been pretty low key, I, I think. Uh, uh, on the injury front, they're doing well. Uh, as far as Tito says, uh, you know, a couple of, of little bumps, but nothing, nothing major. And you know, we'll, we'll knock on wood right there. But uh, uh, as as we get ready for this inter squad game on on Sunday, really, there's there's nothing to report because we haven't seen the guys competing yet. Yeah, you know, and, and it's hard to do it when you're two thousand miles away, Joe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, we you know we talk to these guys every day, but. You know, you're not looking, you're not watching practice. You're not seeing who's throwing well and who isn't throwing well. And, you know, <laughs> what, you know, we get paid to jump to conclusions and we're not being able to uh, jump to conclusions because we don't have eyes on these guys. So, um, you know, that's the, that's the one tough thing when you're, when you're covering spring training remotely, but, um, but yeah, you know, I think it's going, you know, mostly most spring trainings kind of go like this. You know, there's not, I mean, last year, what they had, uh, uh, you know, Clevenger was hurt right away, like mm-hmm. before practice even started and had surgery and that kind of, you know, through the, uh, through the rotation upside down. But right now everything is going pretty smooth. Yeah. This is the uh, one year anniversary of finding out Emmanuel class a had, had uh, hurt his, his shoulder as well. So you know, the Indians at this time last year were awaiting the results on, on his uh, injured shoulder. But other than that, yeah, other than injuries or, or anything unusual in camp, you know, there, there hasn't been much to, to talk about in terms of what, what we've seen because we haven't really seen anything. Uh, we do find out uh, just recently, the uh, word is getting out right now, that Major League Baseball uh, conducted, uh, released the results of its COVID testing uh, from the first week of spring training, uh, actually the second week of spring training, uh, 20,000 tests conducted so far and only 20 positives. That's a, a 0.1%. Uh, I think uh, it's a, a, you know, Major League Baseball doing pretty well there in terms of their their intake and their, their maintenance uh, following the protocols. So really, as you're heading out to Arizona right now, uh, 
uh, you can be at least semi-confident that uh, that things are going okay in terms of the virus. Yeah, you know, that was kind of a hot spot too, Arizona, when the camp opened, you know, Chris Antonetti, president of baseball operations, expressed concern, you know, about, uh, you know, opening camps this early when, you know, the owners had suggested, uh, you know, delaying camp for, for a month, but they're out there, they're playing, and so far everyone is safe. You know, the only case the Indians have had it was uh, Shane Bieber, and that was even before camp opened, he tested positive. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's a step in there in the right direction. And, uh, hopefully, you know, as, as the vaccine spread more and more people get, you know, inoculated and, um, and kind of uh, get a, get a, you know, kind of get a heart, you know, a hold of this pandemic and slow it down. All right. Uh, yesterday we did have an opportunity to talk to Eddie Rosario, uh, one of the newest members of the Cleveland Indians and, and he sat down. For, it was really the first time the the reporters, the the guys who follow the team on a daily basis, had a chance to to talk to Eddie since he signed. Uh, he seems, you know, like he's he's in camp, ready to go, ready to focus on winning with the Cleveland Indians. Every time he was asked about, you know, the Minnesota Twins, he said, you know, I got I got nothing bad to say about those guys. I'm just happy to be here in Cleveland and looking forward to 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 helping the Indians win. Uh, it's still got to stick, uh, stick in his craw a little bit that, that he wasn't offered a contract. It's got to be great motivation for him uh, playing the, the Twins 19 times in a season. Uh, he's, he really does have to be looking forward to uh, having the opportunity to face off against his old teammates. Yeah, I mean, no matter how much you say, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, I'll, fit, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Uh, you know that's in the back of his mind. I mean, the Twins signed him, they developed him, they drafted him. Uh, he played six years with them. He helped them win, what, two division titles, three division titles, went to the postseason with them, you know, was part of uh, the bomb squad there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm sure it stings. And it wasn't like he became a free agent by his own uh, will, you know, they non-tendered him. You know, they right. said, no, we're not picking up, we're not giving you a new contract. So, you know, that that has to play into it a, a little bit too. So that's, you know, he's probably got a little bit of a burr under his saddle. So, and yet, like you said, Joe, he's going to have 19 times to, uh, you know, kind of put it on the line and and we'll find out if the Twins were right or, or Eddie uh, gets his revenge. Uh, he was asked about, you know, his propensity to sort of swing at any pitch uh, and, and be able to hit any pitch anywhere outside the strike zone, in the strike zone, uh, hit him out of the ballpark. And, and you know, Eddie referred to it as a, as a skill, but it's, he said it's a, it's a God-given talent, I think. Uh, he, he said to, to be able to react that way. And it's, he, he says he's working a little bit more on, on staying in the zone, but it's nice to be able to fall back on having the ability to, to be able to hit a ball out of the park that's, you know, a foot into the other batter's box. Yeah, I think Eddie's up there to swing. He's not up there to walk. You know, his his you know his walks to uh, strikeouts were were pretty good last year during the, you know the sixty game season. Uh, but there has been some seasons where he's had a lot, a lot, a, a ton of strikeouts and not too many walks. But as you as you you kind of get the impression that as he gets a little older, he's getting a little more control of the strike zone. But I think Eddie's up there to hack. He's not. He's <laughs> He's not gonna. He's not gonna be Carlos Santana. It was funny, Joe, when when you said, uh, you know, when when Eddie said, you know, you know, his ability to be a bad ball a hitter, just you know, to hit balls out of the strike zone was a God given talent. I thought of Santana 
you know, Carlos Santana saying his ability to control the strike zone to, you know, to lead the league in walks or be among the league leader in walks every year was a God given talent. So it's, it's different. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that how every player kind of zooms in on their uh, strengths and weaknesses and, and kind of, you know, just kind of, you know, comes to terms with them. Are, are, are you saying God gives different players, different abilities and talents? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, he was also asked about, uh, you know, playing uh, on a team with Jose Ramirez and, and the example of Jose Ramirez being a guy who likes to play every day. And, and Eddie was asked, hey, you know, is that something you value as well? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm not afraid of any pitcher. So put me in the lineup. You know, this guy, he's a left-handed hitter. He's not afraid to get in the lineup against a left-handed pitcher and, and you know, produce results. Yeah, and his splits, you know, against righties and lefties were, I'm pretty sure he hit the same batting average-wise. Obviously, he's a much better hitter against righties. He's faced a lot more righties in his career, and his power numbers are, are better. But, uh, you know, this is a guy that you don't, you're not going to have to platoon. You, you know, you can run him out there every day, maybe give him a rest once a week or something like that. But he's a, he's a constant, and the Indians definitely need an everyday guy in that outfield. I mean, I think uh, we've all grown kind of weary of, uh, you know, three positions and, uh, you know, platooning at all three positions. Right. Uh, he was also, uh, you know, he also went out of his way, like in, in one of his first two or three answers, he was, he said, I love playing at progressive field in Cleveland. I love the stadium. I hit well there. Uh, I see the ball really well there. So that's, that's sort of uh, his approach. He's very confident going into uh, any season. Now, uh, in his, I, I believe his his first major league at bat, uh, Andre asked him about his first major league at bat. Did he hit a home run? Uh, so, or should the Indians expect the same thing in his first, uh, you know, his first major league at bat with the Twins? So, his first in, uh, at bat with the Indians at Progressive Field. There, should we expect a home run there as well? That wouldn't be bad. That's not a bad way to start. Uh, you know, I, uh, so he, yeah, he, on, uh, I think he hit, he homered on May 6, 2015. First pitch he saw off Scott Casimir in the third inning. He, um, he hit for a home run when uh, Casimir was pitching for the, uh, for the A's. And I think he hit the first, you know, in his first at bat in the postseason, he hit a home run as well. So this is a guy that, um, you know, I think, you know, he said, he, he used to, when he was growing up in uh, Puerto Rico, he would walk around his town at night and uh, dream of that. He said, I'm not just going to make the big leagues, but when I get there, the first, I'm going to hit a home run in my first at bat. So that's kind of cool. I see. Yeah, wasting no time. Uh, the other thing, uh, uh, you know, about that, he, he, he really does sort of bring that approach and that attitude of, of just like attacking and, and putting the pressure on the pitcher as opposed to letting, uh, you know, the pitcher do what he wants with him. I, I think that's that's going to be a change for uh, that we really haven't seen uh, for an Indians player in the outfield in, 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 you know, several seasons here since since Michael Brantley's been here. Uh, speaking of uh, left field or right field, he was asked uh, what he preferred to play or where he preferred to play, and he said he doesn't care. But but really, you got to think that the guy that he, he sort of made his living out there in left field in, in Minnesota, you got to think that left field is where he wants to be in Cleveland. Yeah. And, you know, Tito said, you know, pretty much came out and said that earlier in the week. And I would think uh, as long as, you know, um, 
you know, guys, the, the other outfielders don't have problem, a problem playing in, uh, in, uh, you know, right field. I think that that should be, you know, they should be able to sort that out. I mean, as long as, you know, uh, uh, Naylor and, and whoever else, or Luplo, and, you know, we know Luplo can uh, play uh, right field, you know, Bowers, you know, we, uh, you know, he's yeah, probably we really haven't seen Jake Bowers play there. We're, we're going to talk to Jake Bowers today. It'll be interesting to see what his, you know, take on, on, on right field is. Yeah. And we've, you know, Daniel Johnson has played out there, you know, Mercado, we mostly center and left field. Uh, we haven't seen much of him in right. And uh, Reyes, you know, obviously, if he's going to play the outfield, it'll probably be in right field. And Zimmer can play all over. You know, that's, you know, he can play all three spots. And I guess Ben Gamble, too. We haven't seen much of him, but uh, he, is, he can play all three spots. With Indians baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time for you to register for Indian subtext. Our subscriber-based service gives you the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions. It's a great way to avoid the trolls on social media, and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why should you sign up? Here's one of our subscribers, Bill from Arizona. I think it's great the way... uh... Uh, you guys have handled it this year and appreciate the fact that, you know, you usually uh, when you're able respond pretty uh, quickly, either just to me or to, you know, to, to everybody. And it's nice to have a little insight on some things. And then maybe an hour or two later, the story will break. I kind of feel like I'm sort of, you know, on the QT in the know and it's fun. Bill and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the team and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or text Hoinsey or Joe at 216-208-4346. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or send a text message to 216-208-4346. We look forward to having you as a member of Indian subtext. I I remember a time in, in terms of Bradley Zimmer where I thought eventually right field would be where he would end up just because, uh, you know, at least in his first two seasons, his arm strength was was at the point where I thought, boy, you put that arm in right and you, you've really got something. Because uh, I remember him, you know, throwing guys out uh, from center field on, on one hoppers off the wall, uh, you know, just impressed with his arm strength. But that was, you know, before shoulder surgeries and, and all sorts of injuries sort of derailed things for Bradley Zimmer. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, I like what Tito said uh, yesterday when you asked him about Zimmer, Joe, you know, he said, you know, we want to see the best version of yourself. And, and obviously he said, that's what we tell most players, but with Zimmer, you know, he's missed so much time, uh, you know, basically pretty much two years, uh, maybe more than two years since, since the surgery on his, on his right shoulder, uh, he hit a little bit in, in summer camp. He had a good summer camp, but <clears throat> he couldn't keep it going in, during the during the regular season last year. So, you know, he's got an option left, but uh, this is a big, big camp for him, a big year for him. And uh, hopefully his body gets back together because Joe, when he was healthy, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, 
the, the offense had had a long way to go. I mean, he still hadn't established himself as an offensive player, but defensively, my goodness, what a player. He looked like a gold glove guy to me, great arm. And on the bases, you couldn't throw him out. So, you know, he's got two of the three things going for him, I think still going, but we still got He's still going to have to hit to stay in the big league. And I, I remember asking him back during the, the summer camp, asking him directly, hey, if you have to make the club as, you know, simply a, a defensive replacement or a base uh, base running option, is that something that, you know, you're looking, you, you would be open to? Uh, and he sort of pushed back a little bit about, uh, on that because he, he thought his offense had, had come along and, and that he could play. Uh, Tito, you know, sort of mentioned yesterday they, they were trying to put him in the best position to succeed by putting him on the roster after he, he had hit in the summer camp uh, and, and things just didn't work out uh, that way. It was sort of uh, rather than put him down immediately, just see if he could stick, but, but he couldn't. Uh, so, and, and, you know, that sort of winds up playing mind games as well with the, with the guy, because now he's, he's stuck at Lake County for the, the, the balance of the season. Yeah, and, you know, that was such a tough year, especially with the Indians outfielders, what they use like nine or 10 outfielders, you know, uh, there was 60 games, they really couldn't give a guy, you know, 20 to 30 at bats to get on track because the season was halfway done, you know, they, it was, it was going by so fast and they're trying to win as many games as possible and, you know, uh, Sandy and Tito were using every combination available. And, and if you didn't hit from the, from the get-go, you know, you were, you were kind of behind the eight ball. And we saw that happen with whom, how many guys, right. T- Tyler Naquin, uh, uh, Zimmer, uh, Mercado, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, that was, that, that was an atrocious showing by the outfielders last season, but the season worked against them as well. Right. And hopefully that won't be the case uh, coming up in 2012. Uh, we wanted to, to sort of take a look at, you know, Maybe as, as we're getting close to seeing what that first lineup is going to look like uh, on Sunday, uh, maybe what Tito is thinking and where he's, he's more like most likely to, to, to play some guys. Uh, what do you think about uh, just running through a lineup off the top of your head right now, Hoinsy? I know you probably don't have one written out. I think the, fir- the, the top spot in the lineup, I think we can pretty much pencil in uh, Cesar Hernandez as, as the, as leadoff and uh, second base. And so put him in your leadoff spot. And then let's leave the second spot in the order uh, blank for now, right? Okay. We'll, we'll double back to that because we know who's in the third spot, right? Yeah, I'm going with Ramirez, obviously in the third spot. Ramirez, third hitting in third base. Um, then we come to the, the, the cleanup spot. And, and maybe this is a question, maybe it's not. I mean, uh, your, your prototype DH and, you know, guy that you're, you want hitting in the middle of your lineup is Framil Reyes, but do you put uh, Eddie Rosario hitting fourth in, in that spot? Because you know, you know what you're going to get out of him. Plus you can, you can work your left, right matchups a little better if you, if you bump Framil down. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's, that's probably, you know, that's a good option. You know, you got a left-handed hitter backing up Ramirez who's a switcher. So, uh, you know, you go Rosario, number four, Fran Mill, number five, you know, so you got left, right there. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, 
then <laughs> and then then and then, then, you know, then the questions start well uh so so you're, we're we're stuck on six right now and we don't know because we don't we don't we haven't seen who who tito's going to start at first base on sunday i think that guy who's going to start at first base on sunday whether it's bobby bradley or whether it's uh jake bowers either way it's going to be a left left-handed yeah. hitter um, you could also put, if you've got Josh Naylor in right field, you might, you might have a Josh Naylor in there. What do you think the, uh, you, do you think right field or first base is going to be in that, that sixth spot? I think right field. I, I like, uh, I like Naylor there just going from the postseason, what he showed us. I mean, I know it was only two games, but, uh, I, I got, I mean, I, I just think that they probably give him, him a shot there in the sixth spot in right field. Mm-hmm. Then, then we got seven. You could seven. Uh, you could you could probably put uh, a Med Rosario unless you're going to put a Med Rosario, your shortstop, uh, batting uh, ninth, which is certainly a possibility. Yeah. Uh, I, but I like he's a right-handed stick, and you can. Yeah, I like put him there. Uh, you've got your right left going, so. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, I like him at shortstop right there in the seventh spot, Joe. Med Rosario at shortstop in the seventh spot, uh, eighth spot. You're going to put Roberto Perez, or no? I'm sorry. Wait. Then you probably put your first baseman, right? Yes. There. Then you put your first baseman. Uh, let's go with Jake Bowers. Okay. Bowers at first base and Perez behind the plate. That's one. So then uh, you got to go back up and find your center fielder. So your center yeah. fielder is either Mercado, Hamilton, or Zimmer, and he's your he's your number two hitter. I think probably the most likely candidate is going to be Oscar Mercado at this point. Yeah, I would think. I would think. Yeah, Mercado if he, you know, and then uh, so Mercado in center field. Mm -hmm. So you're going to switch right switch at the top of the lineup. Right. Then you got. Then you're looking for what a uh, a left field. Uh, no, I, th I think we're uh, we're set. Who's the number? Let's... Who's the number nine hitter? Perez. Perez is your catcher. Oh, I thought... Okay. So, I mean. Right, 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 right. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. So, so there you go. I, you're just reading it off. Hernandez at second base, Mercado in center, Ramirez at third base, Eddie Rosario in left. Framil in DH, Josh Naylor in right, Ahmed Rosario at short, Jake Bowers at first, and uh, Roberto Perez at catcher. Now, yeah. do you think Perez can bat up as high as seventh in this in this lineup? If he can, then you could switch out Ahmed Rosario, yeah. drop him down to ninth, or if you want to really get crazy, put Ahmed Rosario second, a second, and and drop Mercado down to, yeah, down to ninth uh, underneath everybody. But yeah, that's know, interesting. Then, yeah, then you start messing with uh, Ahmed Rosario batting second and striking out, you know, a hundred times in the season. Right. But at least Rosario can run, you know. So I think if Perez, let's say Perez, you know, it gives you a season like he did two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no reason you could you couldn't bat him seventh. And put drop Rosario to the ninth spot because then you've got some speed at the bottom of the order. If he gets right. on, then Hernandez or Mercado or Ramirez have somebody to drive in. So that would, you know, I know Tito likes that, and uh, 
it would always also give you some some pop at the bottom of the order too, kind of a in an ambush ambush. Right. Well, well, Tito Tito always likes to talk about not having necessary not guys that can't run the bases, but not not guys that will clog up the bases. And and uh, you know Perez Perez can handle his own, but you know you don't want a guy like Perez clogging up the bases as you turn the order back over to the top. Uh, and and you've got guys like Hernandez or Mercado who can run at, at the top. You don't want them running behind Perez if he's on base at some point. Yeah, and uh, maybe Perez has turned into the Flash after losing 25 pounds. So we'll see if that has helped his foot speed at all. All right. Well, there's uh, there's our projected lineup for the first uh, the first game with a, a couple of variables, a couple of options. Again, hey we could see a guy like a Daniel Johnson come in and maybe Daniel Johnson's a, uh, a hitter in that seven, eight, nine spot, or uh, maybe even up as high as two, just to, to sort of get him some at bats. But yeah, uh, there are, there are a lot of, and where does Bobby Bradley factor into this, that Bobby Bradley, you've got to put in the middle of that order somewhere, maybe, maybe up as high as sixth or or fifth even, uh, and and live with as many strikeouts as he's going to give you. But there are so many different variables and a lot of fun uh, watching how things develop over the next couple of weeks as we head towards the regular season. Hoinsey, uh, safe travels out to um, Arizona as we as we get out there and we'll be in touch, uh, hopefully putting together some special opportunities for our subtext subscribers to, to chat with you while you're out there in Arizona and just looking forward to it. Me too, Joe, definitely. And one, one thing, um, you know, Tito likes to, uh, you know, like you were saying, Joe, like in that number two spot, uh, you know, he likes, sometimes he likes to just put guys in there to get extra at bat. So just a word to the word to the people listening to the podcast. Don't, don't read too much into the, into the early lineups because, you know, sometimes those are done with, you know, playing time in mind. Right. Yeah. He, he might move Roberto Perez up to, to second, just to give him more at bats. He's done that in the past actually, but but you're right. I think that first lineup on Sunday, though, is yeah. at least the top half of it is more of an indication of where where Tito wants things to be, I guess. Uh, and, and then he can go from there following up in the week. All right. That'll do it for this week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll catch you again uh, starting Monday with Hoinsey in Goodyear. year.